Reflections on Pine honors the 50th anniversary of civil unrest in Cambridge, Maryland. I'm Relisha Taylor, and this is episode 50 Years No Impact. But I still wake up. Back in 1963, uh, I was a junior in high school. And one of the things that one of our teachers told us was, you need to look around and see what's happening in your community because what's happening outside of the school is more important than anything I can teach you in school. And at that time, the protests had started in Cambridge. I remember very vividly one day I was standing on Pine Street and some individuals had came to Cambridge to help us protest. And when they came back from visiting several businesses in Cambridge, they were, they were bloody, they had been beaten. And it really made me think that if these individuals can come from other places to help us, then what should we be doing ourselves? So from that point on, I began to be involved in the civil rights movement. Yeah, I remember the first time I went to jail from the recreation center. And uh, prior to that, uh, they were going to jail and they were getting out in a day or two. And I think my first experience, we stayed in there about a week <laughs> before they got us out. Actually, we, we left Cambridge, I mean, we left Pine, Bethel Church with the idea that it's your turn to go to jail. I mean, you know, we talked about it. Uh, we know that when we went there, uh, we would resist. Uh, and you were mentally and physically prepared to, uh, to go to jail, you know. And it was really mind-boggling because even when you were locked up, every night the, the protesters would come to the jail and, and they would sing. And when they sang, it, it just gave you so much inspiration that you know that you were locked up for a cause, you were locked up for a reason, and it made you feel good, you know, even to be locked up. Uh, I remember we used to climb over the fence and go to Cambridge High School, Cambridge Junior High, and play basketball against the white boys. And it was amazing that the same white boys that we played basketball against in the day, their parents and them were out there at night spitting and throwing stuff on us. You know, it, it was rather unique, but we we endured it all. You know, the thing about the protests in Cambridge was we had a leader that was really committed. She really felt, and she was willing to give her all to bring about social injustice changes to the city of Cambridge. And just, just the fact that black folk came together, I mean, there were hundreds of them, you know, that, that would demonstrate, that would march, and that would say they had pride in their community. You know, because I looked upon Cambridge like we were self-sufficient as a, as a black community. But it wasn't quite right. I mean, you know, we, we know that there was more to life than just being economically, financial in your own setting, that we really need to come together as a city. The peaceful protests were good, but I think the, the factors that really brought significance to the change was when we, when we began to boycott and not spend our money in the city of Cambridge. You know, you can do a lot of things, but when you start taking away the white man's money, He's going to stand up and listen, you know. Well, the thing is, the city of Cambridge is still manipulating black folk. We endured their voting system since the beginning of time. 
Now, as soon as black folk become the majority, they change the game. So what did they do? Well, we'll, we'll, we'll do away with that and we're a hard city manager. So I don't care who, who you elect, the city manager's got power over all of those. Uh, the same thing when they come to all the census. They did the biggest job of gerrymandering here in Cambridge as they're doing in Alabama and Mississippi right now. I mean, you know, the thing is, I look at what they do on Ray Street, how they got the Hearns building all propped up and saving it. Nobody came to the aid of the second ward after the fall. They've had fires on Ray Street and they raised millions of dollars in two or three weeks to rebuild. Banks wouldn't even lend money to, to us in the second ward after the fall. You know, so, so to me the significance is, even before the fall, there was no cohesion. After the fall, there's still no cohesion. Segregation is still alive and well right here in Cambridge, Maryland, and we need to recognize that. Positions without impact should mean very little. So if they give you a position and you're not able to impact your community, it's no position at all. As we reflect on this historical time, we have invited residents to tell their living stories. Today, we sat down with Pee Wee Jackson. Pee Wee Jackson was an active member of the Cambridge Nonviolent Action Committee better known as CNAC during the 1960s. Five decades after the fire, Pine Street remains an important part of the African-American community, life, and culture. However, segregation and racism has stifled the community. Nothing has changed on the street of Pine Street since the fire. In 2008, Cambridge elected its first African-American and first woman mayor. Victoria Jackson Stanley. She is the daughter of Frederick Douglass Jackson Jr. He was a leader in the Cambridge movement. He was considered Gloria Richardson's lieutenant. I've been losing sleep, dreaming about the things that we could be. But baby, I've been, I've been praying hard.